on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 167. NFL Week 11's in the books. We've lost so many quarterbacks this season, and uh, we're going to tack on a couple more to that list. Uh, we got the full Week 11 preview with the Power rankings, of course, for each conference, MVP, are they dead, part two, and uh, also some fun stuff because sometimes we just can't help ourselves and uh, we like looking into the future. So what are we doing, Kyle? We're, we're going to be doing our next five-year predictions. That's this year and then the four years after that for a Super Bowl matchup, MVP, Opoi, and Depoy. So a lot of fun stuff there. Obviously, I think it's definitely my favorite episodes and i think it's probably yours as well too when we get to do these you know hypothetical type things uh and kind of just you know let our imagination kind of go wild so we'll be doing that in the second half but first off we got to get into the opener and my opener is going to be the performance of tank dell and cj stroud over these last three weeks specifically of tank dell uh, i'm gonna look at because he's a guy who's been on my fantasy team for a while and when you see a young receiver produce, it makes you feel a lot better. Three weeks ago, six catches, 114 yards, two touchdowns against the Buccaneers. Last week, with Nico Collins out, kind of had to go into an increased role of running different routes. He was more of the deep guy earlier in the year. But against Cincinnati, he had six catches on 14 targets, 56 yards, and a touchdown. And then Arizona, this past weekend, his career high, 149 yards on eight receptions, which is also a career high for a touchdown. He looks to be really good. CJ Stroud looks to be really good. They are a lot of fun to watch early on in the season. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I didn't see much I liked this week. So pretty much my opener is going to be the state of the college football playoff right now. Go through a couple scenarios. We'll start off with number one, Georgia. They're going to play at Georgia Tech this week. Should be a win, but it's going to be against Bama in the SEC championship game. They're going to hold all the cards here. Number two and number three, Ohio State, Michigan. They're going to play each other this week. Uh, the winner's got a ridiculous chance to make it because Iowa's already confirmed to be in the championship game. They're going to play the winner of this game. And uh, Ohio State or Michigan are going to be the two seed. Um, number four is the big move this week the only big change in the top 10 we got washington surpassing florida state washington's going to play their rivalry game against washington state um which should be no big deal for them but it's most likely going to be oregon in the pac-12 championship game a rematch of an awesome game um and similar here if washington wins it looks like they will be in they hold their cards right now just got to beat oregon number five florida state um Quarterback Jordan Travis, he broke his leg last week. It sucks. Um, they're probably not going to the playoff. But still, they have a chance. If Washington loses and they blow out Louisville in the ACC championship game by enough points, uh, the committee could overlook an Oregon or a Texas or whatever. Uh, and then we got Oregon at six. They're going to play number 11, Oregon State. Uh, big game there. Big game. Oregon State's been been awesome. And then, of course, if they can win that one, then they get Washington in the Pac-12 game. Two more wild cards here. Seven Texas. Uh, they're playing Texas Tech, who they should beat. And the Big 12 championship game is most likely going to be against Oklahoma State. They haven't played them yet, but historically they're they're pretty good against them. And then number eight, the team they beat, Alabama. 
Uh, obviously, the loss to Texas hurts a lot here, but they do play Georgia. They could beat number one Georgia. They always have a chance, man. So that's what I'm going to be focused on this weekend. Pretty crazy week of college football. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Big game, of course, is the one that everybody's circling. And it's going to be one of the most impactful big games in a long time because of both these teams are undefeated. And, I mean, I don't even know. Does a loss really kick one of these teams out of the playoff? Maybe not. We'll see how the game goes. If it's, you know, a complete onslaught of one team, then probably that team moves out. But if it's a close game and it's, say, 35-38, something like that, I think both teams probably still get in regardless. But with that being said, moving on from college football, and we are going to our AFC top five power rankings. Any teams that's out of the top five that did not make your list that you want to talk about together? There's a couple. Cleveland and Pittsburgh uh, have been great, but they're not going to go anywhere without a true quarterback. Um, And Buffalo also. You know, last week against the Jets, uh, I don't know if you caught any of that. Uh, I don't blame you if you didn't. It sucked. It wasn't real football. You know, it it was uh, the defenses just being pissed off at how terrible the offenses have been playing and just seeing how many players they could send to the hospital. It wasn't real football. It sucked. I hated watching it. But when you have a guy like Josh Allen and a good defense, uh, you always got a shot. I do not have any teams in honorable mention. So I'll go right into number five. That's where I'm going with the AFC South leaders, the Jacksonville Jaguars sitting at seven and three, a good bounce back week against the Titans after getting destroyed by the Niners last week, found their way back into my list. Huge week this week against the Houston Texans in a game that, or in a matchup that the Texans have already won earlier this, this year in Jacksonville. So if Houston, you know, gets a sweep, that obviously helps them record-wise, but also helps them coming down to tiebreakers. So if Jacksonville wants to stay in my top five, they have to win that game on Sunday. Yeah, my five is going to be Houston at six and four. They finally make the list. Um, you know, you could argue they should have lost that game to Arizona, but they found a way to win it. CJ was great despite three interceptions early on. And um, at the end of the year, when it comes down to a tiebreaker, they don't care if you almost lost Arizona. They care if you get this win against Jacksonville. That's what we're going to be tuned into. Yeah. Kind of crazy to see that we have, you know, good AFC South matchups in 2023. When the state of the division two years ago was not close to this point, but Moving on to number four is going to be where I went with Cleveland. I know DTR is the quarterback there. and He did get a win, but he didn't look the greatest in the win over Pittsburgh. But they got the best defense in the AFC right now, I would say. Except for the Chiefs. Chiefs are probably number one. But Cleveland looks good. DTR is going to get better as games go on. He's one of those dudes that... You know, he might not put up crazy stat sheet numbers, but he might have a play every game or two. It makes him say, oh, you know, maybe, you know, this guy can actually do something in getting us to the playoffs. And I think that's probably where the Browns are heading at 7-3 and three this early on in the season. So I have the Browns at four. All right. Well, uh, at the four spot, Jacksonville's getting bumped up a spot. A pretty big bounce back, destroying Tennessee last week. Even Vrabel said they got outcoached. Um, you just got to do this for multiple weeks in a row. Find some rhythm before the playoffs because uh, they're, they're going to be in there. Um, just comes down to... Everything, man. Is Calvin Ridley getting the ball like he was last week? Is Trevor Lawrence turning the ball over? Uh, Jacksonville's kind of a wild card right now. 
My number three is probably the biggest wild card in all the AFC. It's going to be the Houston Texans. I did not think that I'd say the Houston Texans are going to be my top three teams in the AFC in 2023, especially with teams like the Bengals and the Bills not being on my list at all with the injuries to Joe Burrow, of course. But the Houston Texans, man. CJ Stroud, I know I talked about him a little bit in the open, but he is amazing. He threw three picks. And like you said, you know, just because you miss a shot doesn't mean you stop shooting. Just like Stephen Curry, that's exactly what CJ Stroud was talking about, where he's just going to keep on throwing, regardless if he has a pick. And he's only thrown five of them in his rookie year. He's been really, really good. The run game's starting to get going with Devin Singletary, even in the absence of Damian Pierce. They have a solid wide receiver core with Nico Collins and Damian, or not Damian Pierce, uh, Tank Dell. Dalton Schultz there as well, too. Their defense creates turnovers. I like this group in Houston. Maybe this is a bit of foreshadowing for what I think is going to happen in that game in Houston this weekend against the Jags. With you know Houston being at three and Jacksonville being at three at five for me, but I like what Houston's got going on right now. If they win that game, they will definitely stay there or be higher up on my list next week. Yeah. Uh, my number three is going to be the Dolphins, seven and three. They're dropping down a spot because they played pretty bad at home against the Raiders. Uh, however, they still are five and zero oh at home. Uh, the heat is usually an advantage at this point. Uh, of course, we got to see if they can carry this into the winter. Um, and they better not let Tim Boyle score any touchdowns against them or else they're getting bumped all the way out of here. Also, I will say, before I get into Miami is not on my list, yeah. despite being 7-3. and three. And that's because they just didn't look good against the Raiders. I know they got their win, and maybe you could say I'm butthurt, whatever. They did not look good. And anybody who legitimately watches football knows in that game that they did not look good. Tua made some careless throws. They had a couple fumbles, maybe a third one they should have been called as well, too. They had a couple lucky penalties that set up their touchdown drives. I'm not trusting Miami if they're making those mistakes in December. And we're almost there at this point. So Miami stays off my list. The team that does not stay off my list, though, is the Baltimore Ravens. At eight and three in the two spot for me. It's pretty clear cut. I'd say the one and two teams in the AFC right now. I know the Mark Andrews injury hurts a ton. But Baltimore's going to be just fine. Their defense is great. Their offense is solid. The Ravens are really good. And they're my number two. Yeah, Baltimore's back up in my two spot as well. Uh, they've definitely had some luck with the backup quarterbacks. But they are eight and three with their own terrible luck with injuries this year. And that Thursday game against Cincinnati was over at halftime. So I don't want to hear about, you know, the Jake Browning game doesn't count because that game was wrapped up. Baltimore's been very good. And number one, despite losing last week, the team that's been number one for us every single week is the Kansas City Chiefs. We have learned from our past in these past few years of not touting the Chiefs based off of how they play in November. They're going to turn around. I have the trust in them, too, unlike the trust that I don't have in the Dolphins. So the Kansas City Chiefs are our number one team, despite losing yesterday night. Yeah, same here, man. Uh, the offense didn't look great, but they also had Mahomes dropping back and throwing 40-plus times in the middle of a storm. So that that seems more like a personnel and a coaching issue than a Mahomes or an offensive issue. Uh, I'm okay with them for now. And uh, we're never going to make that mistake again. Moving on to the NFC. 
any teams outside the top five that you want to shout out, Skyler? <laughs> Hell no. <laughs> yeah, let's have to find the five spot. And my five spot is going to be the, the Minnesota Vikings, who did lose on Saturday Night Football in Denver, but they're getting Justin Jefferson back, and so that kind of cancels it out for me. I still think they have a good chance to make the playoffs, sitting at six and five. And there's not a ton of games besides them that would really be in contention for that fifth spot. So I'm going to keep Seattle here. Uh, they're going to lose Kenneth Walker for a couple weeks. Geno's banged up, but you know they're they're also a, a made field goal away from us not even worrying about them at all. I, I don't think I can drop them below Minnesota, so I'm going to keep them here for now. Number four. The Dallas Cowboys, a team that has not beat any team with the above 500 records so far in their first 10 games of the season. But as the Cowboys always do, they like to pour it on on the bad teams. And that again last week against the Panthers, sitting at 7-3. and three. Would like to see this team win against a good football team in order to you know put a little bit more confidence in them. But then again, there's not a lot of good teams in the NFC. So... Yeah, they're beating up on all all the teams they're supposed to, um, but seven and three is still a great record. The defense has been pretty nuts this year, especially Deron Bland. Um, Washington on Thanksgiving should be uh, not a close one. Next up, my number three is going to be Detroit. Pretty clear top three at this point. I think that's been made obvious over these past few weeks. Great comeback, big three. Jared Goff did not play good until the fourth quarter, and they still found a way to get a dub. The defense is coming along. The offense looks to be spearheaded by Jameer Gibbs now at this point in the second half of the season. Lions are going. I like what they're doing. So give me them at three. Yeah, also got Detroit at three. um, And and you could tell right there we haven't changed much over the past weeks. Uh, Another team that's just been surviving. No, no excuses for Detroit. Pounding the rock. Gibbs and Montgomery is a perfect complimentary uh, hosting Green Bay on Thanksgiving, too. So everyone's going to get to watch them. Next up, a two. I have the Niners. That one's pretty obvious. Second straight win against the Bucks team that isn't that bad. So a good win there. Seven and three. Game up in the division. Going to Seattle on Thanksgiving. You have to win that game. Yeah, uh, two big statements from their defense and Brock Purdy these past two games after the losing streak. Seattle is a big one, though. They're banged up. Like you said, you you know, if you really want to be a top seed hosting playoff games, you got to get it done. The number one, the nine one Philadelphia Eagles that got the win last night in Kansas City, a big win in the Super Bowl rematch. They haven't looked that impressive, which I think has been kind of the thing that we had the entire year with them. When they were undefeated, they were just fine way to win games, even when they you know, didn't blow out a team or anything like that. And that's kind of just how it's been at this point. So I can't take them down until I see them lose. But it's definitely something I'm a bit skeptical about when I'm putting them at the one spot. Yeah, uh, another team that's just been surviving um, hasn't been pretty. They've proved the people wrong who said they were overrated. But I, I, like you said, I don't know if we could go any any further past. They've been a good team this year. I, I don't know if I would pick them to win the Super Bowl. 
Moving on to our MVP <laughs> top five. Anybody else in the top five you want to talk about? Yeah, a couple quarterbacks who will be in the conversation, but um, you know, we like to mix things up. So CJ Stroud, Tua, and Brock Purdy aren't on my top five. I don't have any outside my top five. If I were to, since we don't have to play this weekend, DeRon Bland had another pick six, so give him a shout out. He has four pick sixes on the year, six total on the season. Uh, shout out to you. My five spot though is going to go to TJ Watt, up to 11 and a half sacks now in a loss to Cleveland over this past week. If he wanted to win the MVP, or if he probably, I don't know if he gives a fuck, but if he was going to win the MVP, there would have been a late game fumble that turned into a touchdown for TJ Watt in that game, and it didn't. And that's no knock against him, but maybe just the superhero type stuff that he's doing isn't going to keep up in the second half. And that's kind of what's going to kick him out of the spot. And so I took him out of the five spot this week. Also got TJ Watt kicked down to the five spot. Um, spot on Kyle. Great job, man. Uh, great minds think alike. Um, but anyways, it's, you know, similar thing. It, it, if he were to do it, they wouldn't have lost a defensive battle, you know, and that's what happened. Uh, absolutely shut down by rookie tackle. Dewan Jones is what was said on TV. Um, and then I, I had to go rewatch the game because I, I swore he he was way better than that. He was. He had a sack, two TFLs, three quarterback hits. They gave up 13 points. So all, all that uh, NFL Network stuff is just ridiculous. He, he's still on my list. Number four, the guy who is currently leading MVP betting odds right now. It's going to be Jalen Hurts. Despite not a good a season as last year, I would say, just the guys that we've had at the top for MVP this year is not the best, you know, offerings that we've seen in the past few years. So Jalen Hurts is my guy at four. He has nine rushing touchdowns, 15 in the air. Does have nine interceptions, though, which just kills me. And it's crazy to believe that this guy's leading in MVP odds. But with the other guys around in the league, it's pretty tough to not put this guy up there. So Jalen Hurts gets the four spot for me. So my four spot's going to be Patrick Mahomes. Uh, similar reasons here. You know, he gets knocked down from the one spot. Really rough game against Philly in the rain. Um, but he's going to be in the top two when it's all said and done. And right now he's number two in the odds. That's uh, going to be around where he ends up. He's going to figure it out. He always does. Number three for me is the only other quarterback on this list. And I'm going C.J. Stroud. He has 19 total touchdowns, five interceptions, just over 3,000 total yards this season. Second in the league in passing, just behind Sam Howell, who drops back every single play and has over 90 attempts more than CJ Stroud. So I'm taking Stroud at the three spot. Highest quarterback on the list. Uh, also went with my highest quarterback at the three spot, but it's going to be Lamar Jackson. Big bounce back win against Cincinnati after they they really collapsed against Cleveland in the fourth quarter. Uh, this game was over at halftime, like I said. Uh, another 50 rushing yards, even though he's clearly injured. Uh, he just doesn't care. He's just worried about winning. Maybe that's why some of the numbers are down. But I see it on the field. You know, They're dominant offense right now, and they're really banged up. And it's all because of Lamar. Number two is going to be CMC. 
He's got 800 ground, 800 yards in the ground, which leads the league as well as 364 yards in the air, receiving wise. That is, he has 14 touchdowns total on the season. He's on one of the best teams in the NFL. CMC is my number two guy. I think we're we're back in the the same direction here. I got CMC at the two spot, bumping up uh, because he had another hundred yard from scrimmage game, another game with a touchdown, and another Niner win. Yeah, number one, the guy who's MVP, still going to be MVP for me is Tyreek Hill. Played about half the game against the Raiders and still had ten catches for one hundred forty six yards and a touchdown. Went to the locker room during that game, came back out in the second half, and was still just as good as what he was in the first half. He's on pace for 2,000 yards. No one has ever done that in NFL history. I feel like if he does, he should get the MVP, and that's why I have him at the number one spot. Also got him back at the number one spot after being the midseason MVP, I believe, for both of us. Um, still on pace. I believe it's like 2,117 touchdowns is the pace of ridiculous game against the Raiders when they really needed him the most. And uh, mm-hmm. he's been really, really good, man. Yeah. So that's our MVP race so far in mm-hmm. the season. We'll move on to Are They Dead Part 2. We ruled out a lot of teams last week. I ruled out the Carolina Panthers, New England Patriots, Arizona Cardinals, New York Giants, Chicago Bears, Tennessee Titans, Green Bay Packers, and the Atlanta Falcons. Skyler pretty much had the same list as me, except for he also had the Rams in there. This week, Mm -hmm. I wanted to add two teams to the list. The first one I wanted to add, unfortunately, is your New York Jets with no Aaron Rodgers, at least for you know a couple more weeks. You're gonna have to start somebody at quarterback, and regardless of who it is, it's gonna be really tough to win the games. And you pretty much have to maybe lose one game max over the rest of the season, and I think that's gonna be impossible to do, unfortunately. So sitting at four and six, I do have the Jets as dead. Yeah, uh, me too. Me too. Last week I had the asterisk. You know, if they uh, if they looked good against Buffalo and Miami, they would stay alive. But if not, they'd be dead. They're dead, 100%. Um, Tim Boyle's getting the start. I'm sure Simeon will get a shot too, but it, it doesn't really matter. You know, it's uh, second and drops, leading the league in turnovers. It's, it's an absolute mess on offense, and they're not going to win many games this year. I do have one other team that is dead, sitting at four and six as well. That's going to be the Los Angeles Chargers. They are a team who still has a couple hard games left to play in their season, such like uh, the Ravens this week on Sunday Night Football, the Bills, the Chiefs, and two games against the Broncos and a game against the Raiders. They're going to lose at least two of those games, and that kills you in the AFC. So just like the Jets, Chargers are done for me. Yeah, the Chargers are are for sure dead. Uh, Herbert's frustrated. The coaches are frustrated. The coaches who are frustrated are the reason that everyone's frustrated because they're terrible, and this is going to end horribly. I actually do have one more team uh, now that we you know are here. I'm yeah, going to kill go the Bengals too. Uh, Burrow's out for the year. The team was already losing patience 
with uh, with Joe Burrow being injured in the first half of the season. I also think uh, there's a meltdown waiting to happen here with Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, and it's just going to wreck the season. Yeah, the Bengals, were, I was close to put on this list, but they stay on life support just because they've already won five games this season. I know they're going to have to you know, play the Chiefs one more and then a whole bunch of divisional games as well, too. So I do not have them dead quite yet, but they definitely are on life support. Other teams on life support, the Rams from last week, they got a win, so they stay on my list of you know, still barely alive and still breathing. Maybe not on their own, but still kicking somehow. The Raiders are here where if they lose to the Chiefs this week, they're not mathematically eliminated, but then at that point you're going to have to win out and you got some tough games in there. So the Raiders are on my life support list, unfortunately. The Buccaneers are on it as well. They play in a bad division, which helped them. uh, And that's, you know, the four and six, same record as the Falcons. I counted out the Falcons last week. Why are you not counting out the Buccaneers? Because I think the Buccaneers are a little bit better. And so yeah. I do have the Bucks still alive. And then, like I said, the Bengals are on there as well. Too. Yeah, so. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> Moving on, our NFL next five-year predictions. This is going to be fun, Skyler. We'll start off 2023. Depoy. So this is this is gonna be perhaps a bit different than what our current like. We'll get to MVP uh, here in a minute, but it might be different than what we currently have because we're predicting by the end of the year. Our other stuff is you know season ended today. Who would be it? So, Skelly, who is your depoy in twenty twenty three? Uh, it's going to be TJ Watt. Uh, it's actually a pretty close race this year. You mentioned around Bland. There's uh, about seven guys with 10 plus sacks right now, but TJ Watt's been, been our guy all year. He's in the MVP race for a reason. Yeah. There's a couple names that were close. Bland, Crosby, Miles Garrett. I want TJ Watt as well. Oh boy. What if you could guess this one? Yeah, that's going to be Tyreek Hill. 100%. Yeah, I would have Tyreek as well. MVP, Skyler, what did you do here for the MVP this year? I went Patrick Mahomes. Uh, It's going to go to a quarterback, and that's the quarterback that tends to be the highest on my list every week. I know Lamar has it right now, but um, Mahomes is going to do something special, and people are going to take into account how bad the offense has been, especially you know when Kelsey misses some time. So uh, Patrick Mahomes, again. Yeah. First full prediction of the MVP slate, and I'm going CJ Stroud. Rookie wins MVP of the league. I think he has 30 plus touchdowns. I think he has under 10 interceptions. He throws for nearly 5,000 yards, and the Texans win the division. If they have 11, 12 wins, he has to get it, in my opinion, because he's been playing amazing this entire season for the Texans. So, MVP, the rookie. CJ Stroud. Like Super Bowl it. prediction. Together, what do you go with here? I got the Chiefs over the Niners. These seem to be the two most trustworthy teams. And um, I'm not messing around right now. Uh, I didn't like what I saw from Philly. Even though it's a great matchup for Kansas City, who knows what's going to happen when they play San Francisco. Yeah. I like your pick. I was thinking about doing it, but I went with Kansas City over Philly. So the same thing as last year. 
uh, Chiefs win back to back, and Mahomes gets his third Super Bowl okay. already. 2024, next year, Skyler. Start off with Depoy again. Who do you go with here? My Depoy is going to be Micah Parsons for next season. Um, Dallas is a pretty ridiculous regular season team. They tend to destroy teams that are under 500, like we've talked about, and he's finally going to get one. Micah Parsons, we've just been waiting for him to to do something crazy every week. I did not go Micah Parsons here. I went with Miles Garrett, who finally gets his defensive player of the year. Surprisingly, does not have one yet in his career. He deserves one, and I think he finally gets his own next season. Offensive player of the year, Skyler. I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. Uh, I feel like if Philly comes up short this season, they're going to try to change the offense a little bit, especially with uh, the former play callers leaving them trying something new this year. It's obviously not as effective as last season. You know, the uh, brotherly shove is cool, but the passing game is, is has taken a hit. And A.J. Brown is a great player. We know that. He's putting up ridiculous numbers. So he's going to get one next year. Yeah. My O'Poy in 2024, Lions running back Jameer Gibbs. He's been starting to get more workload in the offense. And man, when he runs the ball, he's got some crazy burst. The Lions know how to use a guy like that. He's going to have a crazy amount of touchdowns next year. He's going to have a crazy amount of yards. I think the Lions running back in his second year gets the offensive player of the year. MVP, Skyler. This is where I have CJ Stroud. I wouldn't be surprised if the Texans come up a bit short this year. It's a rookie coach, rookie quarterback, new system. Um, but don't don't be discouraged because they're going to be even better next season if it doesn't happen this year. My MVP is going to also be the comeback player of the year. And that's Joe Burrow, who is going to come off of this hand injury, wrist injury, play really good next year. He's going to have Jamar Chase. Whether T. Higgins is there or not, he's going to have another guy to throw to, too. And they're going to go crazy in Cincinnati. They're going to run it up on guys. And I have Joe Burrow as my MVP in 2024. Skyler, what is your Super Bowl pick? In Super Bowl 59, the Eagles will take down the Baltimore Ravens Philly finally gets one. Um, they've been so close all these years and in our simulation too, just missing out. Um, but Philly is, uh, is stacked for the future, especially on defense, man. Yeah. The Niners quest for six is over. They get their victory over the Cincinnati Bengals team of the MVP of Joe Burrow. The Niners, they get their their elusive sixth Super Bowl ring. On the 2025 Super Bowl 60 season, your deep boys together. What do you go with here? Uh, this guy is known across the league as one of the best defensive backs in the NFL. Uh, Sauce Gardner's finally going to break out this season. Not that he's been bad. He's been a top five PFF guy every season. But I mean like Revis Island type shit in 2025. I would be willing to put Sauce on one of these depoy lists, but I yeah. think he he's one of those corners where it's really tough to win depoy because he he's just not going to get targeted eventually. Yeah. And I think that's the case there. I think this guy 
is at a point in his career where he's still going to get targeted and he's going to capitalize off of it because he's also good in the run and does a whole bunch of other things. And so I went with Devon Witherspoon as my deep boy in yeah, 2025, big time playmaker in Seattle. Offensive player of the year. You know, you mentioned Jameer Gibbs. Uh, I do like him. I think he's going to be a great player. But this guy, Bijan Robinson, um, is preparing for a massive workload in a couple of years from now. Uh, I think there's a, a you know rhyme to the reason here why he's not getting so many carries. It's because uh, they want him to go when he's really ready. And this season, 25, 26 season, I'm predicting he's Euro boy. I was very close to doing Bijan either last year for 2024 or this season, 2025. But I held off just because I don't think the Falcons figured it out to that point. And I think it's really tough to unlock a player type like that if you're not that good of a team. Samayo so Poi is a guy who already does a ton of crazy stuff. It's Justin Jefferson. I think at that point, Minnesota is going to have their long-term QB situation figured out. And this guy is going to be in his absolute prime at this point. So I go with Justin Jefferson as the Opoy in 2025. Your MVP, Skyler, who do you go with here for 2025? I went a little boring, but I'm going to stick to my algorithm. I'm going with Jalen Hurts. I think uh, this is the time where he should be entering his prime as a quarterback. And an overall overall player. I mean, he, he should be elite still at this point. Um you know, on the ground as well. And I don't see any reason for Philly to be falling off during this, uh, these, this five-year run that we're doing. Yeah. My MVP, he gets the second MVP. It's CJ Stroud. He wins it, wins it his rookie year. He gets it in that big year three. Uh, and another year three jump is something that people want to talk about. If he's won an MVP in year one, What's your three going to look like? He's going to have another receiver to play with. He's going to be on his rookie contract. He's going to have a defense that is good. Give me CJ Stroud winning his second MVP in his third year. Super Bowl 60. Yeah. Your Detroit Lions are going to be playing in this game, but they get taken down by Kansas City. Um, It's going to be full dynasty mode here. Kansas City goes back. Uh, they're going to smash Detroit in this hypothetical matchup. And uh, Dan Campbell will never recover. I've got Seattle going to the Super Bowl. Led by that young defense, Devon Witherspoon, Tariq Woolen, Arik Woolen, Chen Wosu, Boye Mafe. They got dudes all over on defense right now. But they lose. Patrick Mahomes and company, and uh, this will ring, and it's only 2026. Yeah. Skyler, who is your defensive player of the year? My depoy for this season is going to be none other than Max Crosby. Man, uh, I got you. I got you. This guy's an animal on the field. Once they actually get him into a good system where he's not double, triple teamed every play, something is going to unlock here. You know, it may take forever. It may take until he's 35, but I wanted to make sure we talked about him because he's that kind of player. Respectable. Thank you for that, Skyler. Yes, sir. I went with Miles Garrett getting a second. So, unfortunately, I did not put Crosby in there. Moving on to our offensive 
player of the year in 2026. Skyler, who did you choose to be the most prolific offensive player? I'm not sure what team he will be playing for, but he will be in the Opoi hunt for his entire career, I believe. Marvin Harrison Jr. Just a ridiculous athletic freak. I mean, my comparison for him is his dad in Randy Moss's body. Yeah, that's, that's my about it. boy <laughs> of the 2026 season is also in year three of his NFL career. It's also Marvin Harrison Jr. So we, we match up there. Getting into, I also don't know what team he'll be on, of course. Yeah. Uh, but MVP, Skyler, who did you go with here? I went with Joe Burrow. I, I don't think he's going to come back as quickly as you have him, but I don't think he's done either. My MVP is Jaden Daniels. That's awesome. <laughs> One of the most exciting players in college football this season. We saw this exact trajectory for Lamar Jackson, where he was just this insane player in college. And you knew that once he got to the NFL and became a starting quarterback, he was going to be a guy that had the eyes on him as much as he possibly could. And while Jaden Daniels probably won't win the Heisman this year, he is a guy who's going to demand attention. He's going to get a ton of yards. He's going to get a ton of touchdowns. And when he makes the year three jump, I say he gets those ridiculous numbers that lead him to the MVP in 2026. All right. Super Bowl 61. Super Bowl 61. So I have a matchup of uh, a pretty big rivalry in the 80s and 90s. Um, Joe Burrow, off the MVP season, will be in the Super Bowl, but they're they're losing to the quest. The quest is, is finished. I agree. San Francisco, in this decade, will finally get it. San Francisco takes down Cincy, and it should be an awesome game if we got a you know similar story here. I just... I feel like Cincinnati over these next two years, um, I don't know how much I can trust him, man. I don't think Zach Taylor's the problem, but I'm a little skeptical to give him a Super Bowl ring. 2026, Super Bowl for me. Seattle goes back into it, back-to-back years. Yeah, they got that great defense. They got a good offense with a new quarterback, but they lose. To Jaden Daniels. Oh. What team is he on? In his last year on the contract, Devontae Adams and the Raiders <laughs> get their Super Bowl uh, and party on the strip. Derek Carr is there as a fan, as a, I don't know, he said something with the organization. Again, it doesn't work out in New Orleans. But the Raiders finally get the ring behind their MVP quarterback. Skyler, these things have always gone bad for me when I didn't predict my team. So I had to try to speak it into existence for once to let something happen. So I got the Raiders. I mean, you guys got the MVP. Yeah. Yeah. We got the MVP. That's damn right. Last season, though, Skyler, 2027, Super Bowl 62 season. I'm going to go with Will Anderson Jr., Houston. Um, There's a reason he was picked that high. There's a reason D'Amico Ryans went to get him. It's because at some point during this decade, he's going to turn into one of those guys that we've been talking about, one of those Garrett's, Watts, Crosby's. 
And I 100% believe in him. I, I I trust him more than I would trust anyone coming into the draft right now. Any Layatu Latu, Dallas Turner, I, I'm, I'm taking Will Anderson. My deep boy will be getting his first of his career. Probably his only one as well, too. It's Aiden Hutchinson, maybe of the Detroit Lions at that point. Probably, I assume he'll probably stay there. Uh, but he gets his defensive player of the year. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, maybe a little boring, but Justin Jefferson's going to get a second. I agree with you there. Uh, just maybe a little later in his career. He is so young. If he plays for a long time, he's going to have so many opportunities for these awards. Justin Jefferson gets another one for me as well. He won in 2025 for me. He gets his second one of this prediction in 2027. The MVP awards together. Where did you go? We've been talking a lot about the year three jump, but what about the year four jump here for Caleb Williams? He finally gets it. I believe in Caleb Williams. He's too talented that even if it's not, you know, complete ceiling Patrick Mahomes uh, kind of talent that he turns out to be, he's still going to be good enough to dominate the NFL. My MVP also comes from that draft class. And it's not Jaden Daniels and it's not Caleb Williams. That just tells you how how much potential yeah. this QB class this, this season has. I went with Drake May getting his MVP in the 2027 season. The team that he's on, you might be finding that out shortly, but uh, he's somewhere. He's definitely somewhere. Okay. okay. And the last Super Bowl that we predict, Super Bowl 62, Skyler. Uh, I went for what I wanted to see the most, and it's what everybody wants to see this year, but I don't think we're going to get it. It's going to be Philly, Kansas City, number two. It's going to be the last one. Kelsey will be gone. A.J. Brown will be gone, most likely. It's just going to be those quarterbacks with whatever kind of draft picks get put around them over the years. Obviously, they're not going to have as much money to spend, um, but it's going to be the last ride for these two you know, guys on Hall of Fame trajectories, Mahomes. Finally loses to the Eagles. Eagles get one. Jalen Hurts, Super Bowl MVP in the last one. So the team that's one of the teams in the Super Bowl is Cincinnati. You know, Joe Burrow, he won an MVP three years ago. Now at this point, he finally gets back to the Super Bowl after the crushing loss to Niners, trying to get his victory in his third attempt in the Super Bowl. They lose, unfortunately, though. The team that had the MVP and has already lost the last two Super Bowls, the Seattle Seahawks. Drake May comes in in a blockbuster trade in the offseason. They trade up, get him. I don't know what the fuck they have to do, but they end up getting Drake May. He loses the Super Bowl in year two, in year three, but he finally gets the MVP and his ring as a Seahawks. Man. What what a what an afternoon! Uh, I do have one honorable mention. I wanted to mention. You go ahead too afterwards. Uh, I really wanted to trade Justin Herbert to an NFC team and get him to do something, but I, it was just way too complicated. So I uh, I went away from it. You know, Detroit could be an option there. Minnesota. Yeah, that would be interesting. Yeah. Maybe maybe Dustin Jefferson is with Justin Herbert at this yeah. point. That would be a crazy duo. Maybe he's with Marvin Harrison. Maybe even I lay with Brandon Staley still. You don't know. But 
anything else to say for this, Skyler. No, no. We'll go I mean, ahead. Yeah, great work. <laughs> yeah, we'll go ahead and move on to the MLB moves. I just wanted to point the ones out that have happened so far, so not too much outlook on any of them quite yet. We've only had one big move, and I'll get to that in a second. But the first of which I want to talk about is Eric Bummer to Atlanta for a whole bunch of guys. Mike Soroka, Jared Schuster, Braden Shoemake, Nikki Lopez, and Riley Bowens go back to the White Sox in this deal. Soroka, good pitcher a couple years ago, has been hurt ton of times unfortunately just came back to the mountains past year and was not that impressive so he goes over to chicago jared schuster a guy who made a few starts for atlanta throughout the season wasn't anything too crazy he did have a couple good starts for them though he goes to chicago Braden shoemake a shortstop prospect that i don't think has made the big leagues yet if he did not too much time in, in the mlb but he uh New solid prospect, nothing too crazy there. Nicky Lopez had a couple good seasons in Kansas City these past few years. White Sox fans are going to be familiar with him. And Riley Bowens, my only guy that I'm not really too sure about. So that happens there. The next move I want to talk about is another small one. Jake Bowers goes to Milwaukee, slightly above league average guy for the Yankees this past year. Goes and takes perhaps Rowdy Tellez role after the non-tender this past season. So. That's very mid with move. Mid. Yeah. Uh, the one big move, really big move that we saw was Aaron Nola. Go back to Philadelphia. Seven years, $172 million with no opt-outs, no team options. Kind of low on the money for what I thought, but maybe that, you know, no opt-outs, no team options is part of that. And obviously, of course, all that money being guaranteed stays in Philadelphia for a bit of a discount. I know that's something that you were happy about once you yeah. saw that news. Uh, next up, Reynaldo Lopez, reliever mainly for the White Sox this past year, but also got traded to the not the Diamondbacks, the Angels before they completely blew everything up. He signs up Atlanta on a three-year, thirty million dollar deal. And what I saw as well in this deal that they are trying to use him as a starter potentially and start to lengthen him out. He's a guy who throws good, has a good velo, has started in the earlier part of his career, came these past few years into more prevalent back of the bullpen role at the White Sox, has been good at times, has a electric fastball, probably works out for Atlanta because that's how things go for them. Yeah. Uh, and then the last two things I want to talk about are a couple starter moves for St. Louis Lance Lynn being the first one, he goes back to St. Louis, long time removed from the first time, one year, $10 million for the guy who gave up the most home runs in baseball this past season. And then Kyle Gibson goes to St. Louis for one year, $12 million. A move that I know Cardinal fans aren't crazy happy about, but this guy is, he's a fucking Cardinal. He's a innings eater. He's going to go seven innings every single night pretty much and get you Probably three earned runs with an ERA, you know, between four to four point five for his entire tenure there. So, uh, I guess okay moves by the Cardinals. I don't, I don't know. That's a lot of money on on Lance Lynn, but maybe he bounces back. Maybe they they realize, um, you know, their once elite bullpen isn't going to be enough. They need to get those innings eaters, even though it's not the most popular move. Yeah, you never know. So yeah. to try to do something at least, which is good. Uh, anything else that you want to talk about with that, Skyler? Can we move on to the bets? Uh, we can move on, but um, Abraham Toro coming to the A's. Big move, man. 
to make their first move or one of the first moves of yeah. the offseason, getting Abraham Toro. Uh, Lamps bowl predictions from last week. We went two for two in the layup department, so that's good. I had Pittsburgh versus Cleveland under 36.5. That was easy. It was a 10 to 13 game. Wasn't even close to hitting the over. So green for me there. Skyler had number 11, Louisville, plus one at Miami. Skyler got the job done there. So good mm-hmm. job to you. This week, I have a game on Thanksgiving that I'm choosing. The Washington Commanders and the Dallas Cowboys play. I think that game's going over 48.5, whether it's a, you know, 48 to 10 blowout for Dallas. Washington is a team that passes the ball a ton. Dallas is a team that passes the ball a ton. There's going to be a lot of dead ball time in this game. So we're not going to be seeing running clock and, you know, time go by just from running the ball three times in a row. So give me the over 48 and a half. I'm going with some college football here. Number 15, LSU is hosting Texas A&M. I have them covering the 11 and a half. Okay. Texas A&M, they just fired Jimbo. Um, LSU understands this is going to be the last game for most of their players. They're not going to the conference championship, and most of them sit out the bowl game. So Jaden Daniels understands this is his last shot for the Heisman. They're going to try to put up as many points as they possibly can against Texas A&M. Moving on to bull predictions, where it was not as fortunate as a week as our layups, 0 for 2. Uh, unfortunately, these were actually really close to hitting. I had Minnesota over Denver on Sunday night football. Close. But Minnesota blows it late. And then Skyler had Arizona over Houston. They had a chance late in this game as well, too, before the turnover. But couple of reds for us unfortunately this week i have the new york giants over the new england patriots new england's currently a three-point favorite we are going to see some of the most blatant tanking that we have ever seen in nfl history by the new england patriots on their quest to get caleb williams and going up against probably their biggest competitor in this in, in the new york giants so yeah give me the giants the oh, oh who do i know all right. Uh, also going with an NFL pick here for the bull prediction. We were close last week, so let's keep it rolling. Uh, I got the Tampa Bay Bucks over Indianapolis. You mentioned it a couple times. Why we can't kill Tampa Bay yet is because they're a good team. You know, Baker Mayfield hasn't been that bad this year. Indy, they just uh, released Shaq Leonard. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise. They're obviously not going to win anything big here with the backup quarterback. Uh, let's say Tampa Bay outcoaches them. Gets the dub on the road here. That's going to do it nice. for episode 167. Wow. Uh, next week, more of the same. Hopefully we get some more MLB news because that stuff's always fun to talk about. And we'll find something else that makes one epi- episode 168 more interesting than what you'd expect. Oh, yeah, definitely looking forward for uh, Ohio State, Michigan, big college football week, uh, Thanksgiving games, Black Friday game for the first time ever, even though it's going to suck. But we'll have plenty to talk about next week, and I'm excited to come up with even more crazy shit to talk about with you. But we'll see you guys next week. Go Jets. Timmy Boyle. So, uh, oh, man. Well, who goes? Uh, Washington? Pac-12? Yeah. One last ride.
for Pac-12. Uh, go Pac-12. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Go Pac-12, man. Watch the. It's the last week of the Pac-12. Just, just watch a little bit. It's, it's going to be gone forever. <laughs>